In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Mulberry trees are in almost every single county in Illinois, so there's a good chance you've seen one before. Now, if you are lucky enough to have one in your yard, you know what kind of mess they can make. And in fact, for many, that mess itself is reason enough to get rid of the mulberry tree. Now, of course, getting rid of a mulberry tree is easier said than done. Because no matter how low you cut that off at the trunk, it's only a matter of time before shoots grow and you have a whole other tree and a mess on your hands. The only way to get rid of a mulberry tree is by cutting it off at its roots, digging it out, and throwing it away. Now, John the Baptist could have probably have gotten rid of a mulberry tree for you when he preaches that an axe is already laid at the root of the trees. John isn't literally talking about trees, but he's preaching about being prepared for the coming of our Lord Jesus. One needs to get rid of the tree to make room for something else to grow in its place. Thus, in order to be prepared for the coming of our Lord Jesus, some things will need to be cut out of the lives of John's listeners. Once they cut out through repentance, those things that prohibit the coming of the Lord from entering their lives, then they'll be ready for something else. This is why the people asked John what they are to do. They repented, but they haven't received what's next. So John tells them to keep bearing fruits in keeping with repentance because the coming one, Jesus, will fill, their, fill them up with the life of God. Now, cutting things out in order to make room at times can be very difficult. My father told me of a story when he was young out on the family farm. The land was mainly trees, so in order to grow, they had to clear the fields by cutting the trees down. Now, some of the smaller trees, all they had to do was cut them down and dig out the roots, but for the larger trees, in order for them to prepare the fields for their hay, wheat, or corn, they needed something stronger than an axe or a shovel. They needed something like dynamite. That's right. On the large trees with their large root systems, they would stick dynamite underneath the stump, run a line far enough to hide behind the tractor, and then blow it up. Things were different. But by doing that, the stump would be separated from the roots. They would remove the stump and, of course, prepare the field. Now, that normally happened, but one time, my father tells me, something else happened. He was at the neighbor's helping him clear a stump. Did everything the same, but this time the stump wasn't simply removed from the roots. When they set the charge, the stump flew in the air and landed right smack dab on the neighbor's car. Boom! Sometimes preparing for what's next, whether it's a field or your life, 
can be hard. For John the Baptist's listeners, to be uprooted, they needed to stop putting their faith in their unfruitful heritage and turn towards Jesus who would save them from their sins. This, of course, would be very hard for them because that heritage ran deep. And to cut it out would require more than simply trying harder. It would require someone else to do it for them. It would take Jesus to do it for them. Jesus was put on the tree of the cross, and when he died, that tree was cut down, along with all of our sins, so that life would be ready for what would come next, the resurrection. People were coming out to John the Baptist to be prepared for the coming of Jesus through his baptism. But John's baptism was short-lived because when Jesus came, it ceased. But now that Jesus has come, Christ our Lord has given us holy baptism, which rather than preparing for a life, actually gives us a life. Through baptism, we were joined to Christ's death so that in the place of our feeble attempts to live a life worth living, eternal life would rise again and we could live the life of Christ. This means in baptism, those things we put our faith in besides Jesus are cut out and Jesus' life grows in its place. And of course, his life is an overflowing life. It is an abundant life that looks similar to what John described to the crowds, tax collectors, and Roman soldiers. Our Lord's life is a life shared with the neighbor through forgiveness, mercy, and love, because the kingdom of God is here in Jesus Christ who lives amongst us. This means in Advent we prepare for the birth of Jesus by cutting out time in our schedules for extra church services and extra acts of mercy, by cutting out of our budget gifts to church and neighbors in need. And we do this because the resurrection life has already been given to us. This also means that Advent can be a time to dig deep and cut out those things that keep drawing our faith away from our Lord Jesus. Since Jesus is the one who has come in his incarnation, we have nothing to fear in removing those things, no matter how hard they seem. And since Jesus continues to come to us in his word and sacrament, his continually coming to us, he can give us a life to grow in its place that will bear great fruit for us, for one another, and for eternity. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.